someone who is like a stripper or an adult entertainer having this incredibly intellectual conversation on a podcast. And and it's like, why is that surprising? These things should not be so (laughs) surprising to us that this person is not one dimensional. I think right now we have a big minimalism problem. The, the strange following that minimalism has got to where it's kind of like a, an exclusive group of woke individuals who are minimalist. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of The Bit Between. Today we have Anthony Ongaro with us. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, so I first saw Anthony on the internet a couple of years back and I've been subscribed to his newsletter and watching his stuff for a long time. Anthony, um, do you mind giving people a bit of a, of a background to yourself and you know introducing yourself absolutely um yeah so i started something called break the twitch years ago at this point back in 2014 and really it, it was a blog for me that that was reaching out to explore the themes and ideas around intentionality i personally had uh, something that i called a twitch that that i was exploring trying to learn more about which was the kind of a one-click purchase sort of thing that was happening quite a bit over and over and so looking at those patterns and and looking to understand the difference between impulse and and intentionality really and in exploring that through writing and eventually youtube videos and podcasting and and break the twitch has evolved over the years also to look at minimalism habits and then create creativity and creative flow and and really, uh, the big picture to the puzzle is attention. And, and that's now really the center of, of everything I've done and all of the work that I'm doing is, is around this idea of um, owning your attention and what that means and how we use minimalism and habits and all these other fun tools to, to accomplish that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, your main idea of Break the Twitch uh, in fact, I'll let you explain it. I know you've probably told this story time and time again, but do you mind telling people the how it kind of came about? Yeah, the the, the origin story, which yeah. we clearly broadened quite a bit from this initial drive, but the origin story was that I had a particular habit of, of just buying little things here and there on amazon.com. I was working in a very stressful job and things were just kind of crazy at the time. And there was one day where we kind of had to just, my wife and I had a discussion around just like, there are a lot of these brown boxes showing up, you know, and, and, and I never really thought it was a big deal because it was just $10, $20, some accessory, some small thing. And we were working in good jobs and we were comfortable, but this was a repeated pattern that just kept, it was always something else. Right. And uh, one day we, we pulled, four years of all of the purchase history, which is something you can do on Amazon or any other site. I think, uh, you can go in and get an Excel spreadsheet of every purchase you've ever made. And so I went back and did four years and, and those small purchases, those small repeated actions, just like good things. Well, small repeated, not great things can add up to a massive sum. And that's exactly what it was for a person, you know, early in my life, it was something like, you know, $12,000 in four years, which now a lot of people spend that per year, I think on Amazon, just because they get everything. It's so easy to get everything there. So the, the scale of the story maybe doesn't work so well anymore, but at the same time, um, for me, that was really big. And, and it was a moment of realization that a lot of the bigger things that I wanted in my life, the things that were important, the ability to show up for friends, to travel, to see family, uh, to be at weddings, that the, the things that felt like they were out of reach, uh, were not in fact out of reach. And I was just making them out of reach by, uh, allowing these like small impulses to take them away. So that really began the exploration of what are the other small things that are happening in my life day to day that are undermining my values that are undermining my intentions and it sort of just went off to the races from there yeah and you kind of went on to explore minimalism and habits and all these great things um but do you mind telling us a little bit about what life was before you discovered all these things before you managed to kind of take control of your attention and live life a bit more intentionally it was very different 
you can, wow, that's a very good question. And there are so many different ways I could answer that question right now, because I, I think it's good and it's bad, right? In a lot of ways, what I believe I've found through this work is awareness and self-compassion. So maybe I can paint the picture of before by painting a bit more of the picture of now to yeah, see what is was without. Yeah. Uh, the work has really helped me understand that a lot of the Twitch, the purchases or different things, is uh, a very prominent form of coping. You're, you're just coping and trying to get some dopamine and some distractions from things that can be very stressful. Um, I was in a job that I really believed was my dream job when I applied for it and I got it. It was like this really big thing and I loved the work that I did, but it was also an incredibly high pressure job in a very difficult environment uh, in a nonprofit where it's just very stressful. And, you know, being in that environment causes a lot of just sort of anxiety and, and stress and it's just one of those types of things doing marketing for a nonprofit. It's never done, you know, you're never done. And so I never felt satisfied with myself or with the work that I had done in any particular day, constantly feeling just like I wasn't enough. And that was a, a theme through different parts of my life before this as well. And I think it's still a work in progress now. You know, I think it's still something that's evolving in terms of just feeling like like I'm enough. And, you know, as I'm doing these things, it's, it is enough and I'm doing my best, right? These are things that are really hard to embrace, especially when you've uh, had a more critical voice, you know, in your mind or in your voice, in your life uh, earlier in life, it's, it's uh, quite challenging. So that's a bit of uh, what it looked like. I was happy, uh, but I was stressed and I wasn't super aware. I think that's really what it comes down to is I didn't understand or recognize the the small things that were happening, they were just happening. And I thought that was me. I just yeah. thought it was me, not this thing that was a reaction to my circumstance. Yeah. And that's been one of the biggest changes, realizing that when those things are happening, realizing that when those things are happening, it's not me. It's just like this extension that I need to, oh, I need to ground myself. I need to come back to earth and like meditate and get back into a, a more stabilized place so that I can be more intentional with my my actions yeah yeah I can I can empathize with that a lot because my story is a little bit similar I had a job um, that actually I didn't really enjoy but over the course of five months I earned around about um, one and a half thousand pounds which seems like a lot of money you know when you're I think I was 16 and I was like wow that's that's a lot of money and when I was looking back at it I was like hold on that seems like a lot of money. Where did all that money go? Because I looked in my bank account and there was nowhere near that amount of money in there. So I kind of went through all my purchases and, you know, the people or the, the things that I'd been spending my money on. And I was like, wow, I've really just let all this money go to, go somewhere. And I don't really know what these purchases have brought me. And then that's kind of where I found minimalism and, you know, your content and a few other creators. And I kind of was like, maybe I should be a bit more intentional and realize that sometimes buying things isn't going to be the answer to my problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting how without that intentionality around the big picture, it does just sort of, that's the problem. Things just sort of like yeah. fade away and you're like, wait, where did that go? Yeah. You know? Like food on a plate too. It's like, you know, it's, if you're just on your phone while you're eating, I've noticed this too. The, you'll look down and like the whole bag of chips is gone and, and you're like, wait, what happened? I wasn't, you know, it's, uh, it's easy to walk through and not be, yeah, intentional yeah. with that. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I found minimalism, but when I try to share the message, um, some people are quite reluctant to even give it a chance. Uh, mm. what do you think some of the barriers or the, the misconceptions around minimalism are that kind of people get thrown off by or, you know, deterred deterred by so that they don't want to give it a go it's a great question and i'm very curious about your take on this as well uh afterwards because i think right now we have a big minimalism problem and it, it's uh sort of been it's always been the visual arts element of minimalism which is the 
the clean white spaces with the the plants and the emptiness and the void and bright brick walls and big windows and like to me that's just rich like that's just like what you have when you're rich you know like you 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 have these high-end luxury apartments and and condos and things and and big sweeping spaces and to me that's an incredibly deceptive and unproductive version of minimalism uh and approach i think it's beautiful and i think it can be appreciated and i think it can be a wonderful experience to live in something like that perhaps uh but in a lot of ways, if that is the approach, which I think is now with Mattiavella, like, you know, bringing in this massive kind of second, third wave of, of creators that are creating in this space that are making these like perfect videos of these high end, you know, living situations, it feels like we're losing a wonderful opportunity to look at minimalism as simply a tool to focus our attention on the things that matter. And, and that's really where a lot of my work lies now is simply looking at minimalism, not as, well, can I be a minimalist if I still have a lot of books? Y yes. <laughs> yeah. You can have a lot of things. There's no rules. It's simply use this for me is what it means. Uh, minimalism is a way to make sure that the things that are not benefiting you or the people you care about are not taking away attention that is very valuable and and really allows you to you know be more grounded and, and mm -hmm. have more space to actually exist in a more planted place it, that doesn't have anything to do with white walls or <laughs> you know like plants and cactuses and yeah yeah the tiny cactuses uh you know plants are great but um but it's not a requirement so mm -hmm. anyway I think it, it can be easy to get lost in that perception of something mm. that looks like an architecture magazine yeah. and think that if I don't have that, it's not worth it. Yeah. But I think it's for everyone. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree with you on a lot of your points. And um, I, I don't want to criticize, you know, the, the big minimalism creators too much. You know, they've, I love they've helped yeah. me a lot. You know, I've listened to their content. and I love you know, Matt. I, yeah. I want to be very clear. Like, Matt's yeah, a friend yeah. of mine. I don't yeah. want to, yeah. Cancel yeah. Anthony Ongaro. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, I love Matt. And that's a great yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's just that the images that they have, i.e. The, the perfection and, you know, how every single scene that a lot of them sort of creators have just looks so good and has the best camera gear and the audio sounds are good and like you know the place that they live in is just so perfect where i think we have kind of lost touch with the whole idea behind it um it's kind of like i think the idea behind minimalism is live with things that try to live with uh, mainly the things that bring you value but i think with it becoming more popularized it's been like oh try to live with these things that give you the image of minimalism i think that's how i've seen it another thing i've seen is kind of the i don't know what the right word is but the the strange following that minimalism has got to where it's kind of like a an exclusive group of woke individuals who are minimalist what what are your thoughts on on that kind of thing going on Sure. I, I, I believe that with any type of tool or any type of movement or belief, there's an opportunity to gatekeep. I think there's an opportunity to, uh, for people to involve ego and, and want to be part of a club that has some air to it or something like, oh, you know, a bit of pretension. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. You know, I, I think it's fine if people want to use minimalist as a label. It does help. Labels do help us understand quickly. We can go, oh yeah, I'm a minimalist. Ah, interest. So you probably have similar values around simple living and things like that. But really, what does it mean? For me, that's going to, you know, you can see my production light sticking out of my closet right now. And if you're watching the video and, you know, like... I do not really value it in the traditional sense of having five things or 10 things simply as a tool set. And, and for me, that works really well. It's very helpful 
in honing my own attention day to day. So, and yeah. To kind of expand on that, I think one thing that people that that, that comes to comes to mind when people talk about minimalism is this idea of getting rid of everything, um, which really isn't the main thing. Like people think, oh. You're being a minimalist, so what? You're just going to live with like a mattress on the floor and a bone, a bowl and a spoon and that's it? And it's yeah. like, no, I just want to live with things that, you know, I actually enjoy using or bring value to me. And it's difficult for me to do that because some of my family are relatively materialistic, right? And so when they're like, oh, so what would you like for your birthday? I'm like, nothing. Like, there's, there's pretty much nothing that would, there's nothing that you could get me that would bring value to my life right now like i've gotten rid of stuff i don't need more stuff but it's really difficult to kind of convince those people who are kind of set in their ways and you know that might work for them and that's fine but uh it's difficult to kind of empathize at least on both ends mm -hmm. it, it, it is it's an interesting balance because culturally <laughs> it's it's so interesting because minimalism and can be sort of seen as like a solution. As humans, I, I kind of mentioned labels. I, I think we look for the situation where we can go, look, just, just what are the rules? Just tell me what to do. Like, where do I get to be happy? When do I get the badge? You know, like, is it a hundred things? You know, what's, what's the deal? For some people having a bowl and one spoon and one box of cereal and one gallon of milk. I don't know why you'd have two gallons of milk, but <laughs> you know, whatever it is like for them, if, if that works because it helps then great, but that's not going to be, we're all so different and we yeah. all have different things. Like, and so we want this, like, it's almost going the, to the, it's almost going full circle around right back to the beginning where we're obsessed with stuff again. Mm. First it was acquiring because it makes us feel good about our status and who we are and like that, that dopamine. And then we come all the way around like, no, less stuff, less stuff is better. Do I have little enough stuff now? Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're just like thinking about status again and, and what it means. Yeah. So it's very easy to get caught up in this stuff. And the reality is there's no answer. Yeah that that the answer is in the process and that's where the habits and these parts come in is the only way to find this and and find contentment in my experience in terms of this is not to hit a certain number of things or become a certain type of minimalist but it is to go through the process of questioning mm -hmm. what adds value to my life and what doesn't and then acting on it that's minimalism like it doesn't end we evolve, we are humans, we're growing. It's a, it's a forever process if you're doing it right. And in stepping into each time we make that decision, becoming a little bit more confident about who we are with and without that thing, hmm. realizing that we're not defined by it, realizing that we have all this, you know, capability and all this, just we're enough. That's really what it's about for me. Just finding the ways that we can understand and question the value of these things around us and, and how we relate to those things. And that's where the, that's where it really starts to get, but how do you go? Like, how do you explain that? You know, how do you explain yeah. that to a new person coming in who sees big windows and white walls and ultra minimalist high end clothing, stuff yeah. like that? Well, mm -hmm. well, let me ask you this and let me ask you this. Try and explain minimalism in one sentence. I know you're going to hate that, but just. It's a very minimalist question of you to ask. <laughs> I'm a bit, you know, I really should have an answer for this just right off the bat, yeah. but I want to choose my words carefully. Um, wow. Cause I'm almost ready to change what would be my typical answer to this in, in that minimalism is the process of acting upon what will give you the space to do what you need to do with your life. So it's almost a, a verb. Yeah. <laughs> More than it's a noun, I guess, or a, yeah. a yeah. thing to be. I mean, I was talking to a guy called Josh Terry and he said this really interesting thing. And he said, 
people want a religion. People want something that they can follow to the T that's going to get them to the place that they want to be, whether that place be, you know, success or happiness or enough or whatever that might be. They want a step-by-step process that they can just follow that gives them all the answers. And, you know, you probably know this a lot more than me. It probably doesn't exist. There is no, there is no end. There is no final destination. I mean, apart from death, but you know, that's a bit dark. <laughs> but that's the truth. Yeah. It's a big arc. Just, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. We're I... all looking for answers and people are quick to sell us answers. And, and that's one of the very confusing things about the attention collective, which is my community, my member community for break the Twitch. I'm like, yeah, no, there's no, like there's tools and courses and different things, but like none of it is, it's all just, you know, ingredients. Like you have to create your own recipe and it's hard to sell that. Right. It's hard to sell like you creating your own answer to a thing, but that's the only way to do it really that works. Yeah. Before we talk more about the, the attention collective and how you've kind of built that community, I just want to touch on one thing. I hate that people exploit the human need for wanting an answer or a solution. You know, I was talking to my mum about this and there's all these fake gurus out there. You know, I don't, I don't even want to name them. I don't even want to have their names in my mouth. That <laughs> just sell these courses, sell these ideas that, you know, once you buy this thing or take my course or whatever, read my book, you will have all the answers. You will have everything you need to be successful. And at first I'd get annoyed at them, but now it just makes me sad that they're exploiting so many people and these poor people are just going from one to the next, to the next, to the next until maybe one day they might realize and some people might not that this, this solution, it's not there. It's mm. really not there. Yeah. It, it's, is it capitalism? Is it human nature? Is it evolution? I don't know, but to a certain extent, you know, it seems like since the dawn of religion or since the dawn of bigger than 150 person tribes and communities in human civilization, there has had to be some form of answers, right? Mm. Some form of questioning and answers to those questions in order to create, um, a movement. And, and so, you know, as a person who even earlier in life has, has been down that path of, of trying what's the system. Like even in productivity, we have the same thing to doist. I've tried every productivity app, you know, to doist Asana, like every system and all of these systems, they all, they all offer value whether it's the concept of minimalism or whether it's a, a to-doist or whatever, all of these things offer value. They offer a perspective, something to try to see if it, it's a perspective that works well for you, but none of them are the answer, like 42, like the meaning of life, you know, <laughs> none of it is actually the answer and we're not going to find it there. And the more and more I explore these things. And at this point, you know, I'm 35, so I'm almost, you know, twice your age, I guess. And, and in this time, I can say that the only true answer that I found around productivity is learning to, uh, embrace self-compassion and then changing the way you, you move about the world from a shame based drive to needing to be more, to wanting to prove something to a, uh, like loving your attention, which is what kind of what I talk about, like loving what you do and then exploring and being ambitious from a safe place where it's not a bad thing. If you fail, where it's this launching pad that you can go off of, but in order to do that, we have to switch. Uh, and that's a very weird thing to, to have to do because it's an entire motivational change for a lot of people and myself included. Hmm. I mean, I'm not sure how religious you were in the past or anything like that, but for me at least, um, I went through a phase where I was, you know, really religious. My family's Muslim and I went, I got really into it. Um, but I felt that the guilt that I felt and the shame whenever I do something wrong, or I even thought something that was against my religion or that I perhaps shouldn't have been, you know, drawn towards. I just, 
that feeling that that you get the heaviness was was a really awful feeling that I don't get anymore um, because I've kind of thought to myself that perhaps guilt tripping myself into not doing something or that's probably not the right word but feeling guilty about even the idea of maybe doing something like that's not a, a healthy way to live that's not a, a productive way to kind of improve upon yourself um do you mind touching a, a little bit on on your experience of that absolutely i appreciate you sharing yours uh you know i was i feel lucky in a sense um around religion i i did grow up within uh, i was baptized roman catholic when i was born actually uh and then um i grew up in a more liberal uh like a christian church environment where one where all people were were welcome and very open in in my liberal hometown of ann arbor michigan so you know uh i am feel very lucky that that because that's not the case within christianity a lot of the time um and so i feel very lucky that i had that particular experience and, but i will say i'm not i'm not active in a religion at this point other than just i would say being agnostic in general if you want to you know kind of pick a general belief um around that but but yeah it, it, i have issue with with a lot of that because i think if you're familiar with the ideas around the secret and this is something my wife amy and i have have discussed at length in recent weeks uh if you think about like the secret where you know we all have the power to believe and like manifest the things that that we want to create in the world right and then you know we have to take action on those things and see the opportunities but we can literally shift our minds to be more open to those possibilities. Um, I think a, a lot of, oof, this is a big, I'm almost hesitant to say it, but I think a lot of religion uh, does get you a good chunk of the way there, but maybe not the final 10 or 20% where it's like this idea, oof, I didn't know we were going to take this turn. So, <laughs> so this idea of, um, I've heard this expression saying God is love. Right. And I always thought that it meant that the, the God up there is, is love. Like it's, oh, that, that being loves us. And the more and more and more I thought about it later in life and the more I process it now, I think that, that God and spirituality is, is love is the love that we have for each other and the care that we have for our communities and our brothers and sisters and our, our, you know, each other and, and spirituality and God exists in that, that love within ourselves. And it feels entirely empowering and not, I'm doing this because if I don't, I'm a bad person, but. I love myself. I love the people around me. And I'm doing this because I, uh, I want to be ambitious in, in serving humanity and in, in doing the best I can to create things that benefit people and, and do it in, in integrity. Um, so it's a, it's a difficult, this is a big picture question. Um, and it's something I've grappled with myself, but yeah. but it's a good question to be asking. That's a that's a really interesting way of looking at, at things. I've never really thought of that. the The way that I kind of have framed things more recently, um, or at least thought about, is um, we have this idea that God is all loving, uh, omni benevolent, essentially, uh, in both mine and and your religion. But at least from from my perspective the uh, way that I've learned about religion, whether that be through family or through online resources or videos, whatever it might be, is that it's instead of God will love you more if you do this, it's God won't love you if you do that. And that sort of framework is very destructive and it leads to, um, at least to what I, was, what I was touching upon earlier, where you know you have that fear, that guilt, that idea of like, am I good enough? That insecurity. And that's something that uh, for a long time I had to wrestle with. 
and had to kind of push through. Um, but as I've come away from religion a little bit more, and I'm probably in a very similar boat to you as in like, I'd say if I had to put a label on it, I'm like an agnostic Muslim. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a strange place that I'm in. But yeah, I uh, that's kind of one thing that I've been thinking about a lot. Why do we have this idea that God won't love you if you do this? And why do we share that so much as opposed to saying, you know what, if you do this, that's a good thing to do. You know, why is it so negative? Yeah, yeah. And and I think there are aspects of of religion that, that embrace. I mean, in a way, this is coming full circle, right? I'm seeing how this conversation, looking at minimalism, you, you mentioned you kind of tied it to like when we look for religion in and we look for answers in these labels and these things that we create. Um, you may, you're probably not going to find what you're looking for necessarily. I think it can be a very comforting thing to have answers for people that are looking for answers. It can, to have us just a sort of foretold, you know, like this is because of this. And if you do this, this is going to happen. If you don't, this is going to happen. It's very straightforward, at least in the way that it's spoken about or taught. And, but can we really believe that life is that clear cut? Can we believe that our existence is, um, it's why I'm not a, uh, an atheist. I mean, I'm fine with people that are, but for me, for me personally, I don't think I have the the ability to go. Nope, this is not a you know, this isn't real. I don't know. I I believe in you know that anything is possible in this realm. I, I don't have evidence to the contrary. So, um, I think there's a lot of ways that this can be beneficial, like anything, and there's a lot of ways that it can be manipulated, and people can be manipulated, and that uh, we need to look at broad incentives whenever we look at anything like this. Um, you know, if someone, you know, I was just watching a, um, an author on YouTube who was being interviewed and, and he was t preaching doom and gloom about the stock market, saying a big crash is coming, this is happening, you know, and, and he was very convincing. But then if you look, he's written seven books about how horrible everything's going to be. He's mis- he's missed predictions, you know, on stock market crashes 10 out of 11 times. And of course, if you keep saying the same thing over and over, eventually you'll be right. Um, even a broken clock is, is right twice a day, right? That's the, the idea. And so we have to look at incentives of, um, of where's money going? Where is, um, this thing? And we all have the perception of what we're doing is either good or evil watching these things about uh, on Netflix, there's a great series on spycraft. And if it's your spy, you always feel like it's justified. It's, <laughs> but they're a traitor if they go to the other team. Yeah. But they're just doing, it's just the same thing on the other side. So it's all a matter of like all of these things I'm realizing. It's so much of our reality is just determined by the perspective we have from where we're sitting and we all put this 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 goal these glasses in front of our eyes and and that's the reality of it so as much as we can learn to step away not judge which is again i think rooted in self-compassion like the more we can step back and understand that maybe this isn't what it seems or maybe this is simply the way of the world uh it it gives us some relief i i think <laughs> yeah Wow, that was a uh, that got deeper than I was expecting today. Same, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's touch a little bit on the uh, attention collective um, yeah. that you've managed to uh, make over the last year, few years. I'm not sure how how long has it been going now. We started what was called the member community back when we started the podcast as a so it would be a member supported podcast type of situation. And just uh, at the end of 2019, we turned it into more of an actual uh, community community with uh, like regular meetups and we host workshops and do all kinds of things like that. So it's been about, it's been about two years now. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually just got off our social call about an hour oh, right. ago, just meeting up and chatting. So, so what's that been like there? Because, you know, 
we touched before on all these fake gurus. I don't believe you're a fake guru. I think that you were. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I think that it you is. Share. I, I, I mean, I, I'm. I don't openly admit that I have all the answers, so so I think it's. <laughs> I, I know that myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you provide valuable content with people. I'm not a member of the Attention Collective, um, but I'd love to know what have, what has that kind of dynamic been like, and uh, what's it been like to grow a community of people that you spend time with in in a different way to like other other members of your fans or community yeah the 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 community is is a wonderful place the uh, attention collective which is the name we've given it actually just in the last couple months um and it, it's one of these things where there's sort of a critical mass growing a community uh, to to do this sort of work and kind of going to what we were talking about earlier uh i think anytime you have stuff like someone like me who's putting stuff out on youtube and and talking about these things and sharing my own experiences with why minimalism works or doesn't for me or or this or that um you're gonna have people coming in that want the are, are used to just getting the answer right and and within the community i've you know spent the two years creating like monthly audio courses and all these things with, you know, 21 daily episodes so that you, you listen to one and it's three to five minutes. And it's not like, Hey, here's how you minimalism. It's like, it's always asking a question or helping you set an intention, or it's all just tools guided around this work, which I believe, uh, as it's been told, cause not many people leave once they join, uh, <laughs> I've found is that, the people that come know that this is not a month long 30 day, like, ah, oh, cool. I'm going to just fix all this stuff and learn how to do this. And it, that is really cool because it allows people to get to know each other. And we have people in, in Russia, in New Zealand, in, in Germany and all over the U S and, and just really spread throughout the world. Uh, in the UK even. And, and that's been just a really beautiful thing. Like having such a diverse group of people, uh, a diverse group of people that are centered around the break the Twitch ideals or concept in wanting to be grounded, pursue intentionality, but we're all sort of doing different things. We have writers and, you know, artists and it professionals. And it's, it's a very interesting thing to bring people together. And I'm feel blessed with the fact that the internet makes that possible. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll be familiar with it. The idea of a thousand true fans. Mm. Uh, how, do you think you've, do you think you found your version of a thousand true fans in that? <laughs> well, at, at this point we, we definitely have, uh, a hundred true fans for sure. Um, we actually closed down the community, uh, for months at a time. Now we don't even open it up at this point. Um, we will again soon. But, uh, it's been something that, you know, we've really just kind of been working on improving the infrastructure of like, we moved over to discord from Slack, which was like not a good yeah. format for this. And so we've been really working hard for the last couple of months on just, uh, pulling together all of the, the content and the information and delivering the member, just, just value and, and spaces and meetups for the members that are in now and so we'll open it again but yeah I, I think this is probably you know i'd prefer not to do sponsored videos necessarily and and um this really is the work i want to be doing and and connecting around basically all the things that i'm talking about right here um so for people that this resonates with i mean that's basically who we're having in the community that's like what we're doing so mm. i think you'd be a great i think you'd be an awesome uh person we should have you come in and and uh do some do some stuff yeah yeah um the the thing about kind of sponsored videos and 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 stuff like that it kind of touches on the whole idea of making a living online mm -hmm. um there are a whole bunch of ways to do it and there's no you know one right or wrong way and a bunch of people have all sorts of different income streams and things like that um how much have you kind of experimented with with them and how have you found the ones that are right for you because i'm very early on my journey you know i've not been making stuff for that long um and who knows i might not get big enough i might never have to worry about them things but it's something that is in the back of my, my mind like oh how how eventually might i you know be able to make a living out of making stuff 
Uh, so mm-hmm. do you mind giving me your experience in that kind of field? Absolutely not. Uh, I would not mind at all. Uh, yeah, I've, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but there's a, the word for entrepreneur in Finnish is ritaja, which, uh, translates to English as trier of things. And it's one of the most beautiful translations of a word. And it's one of the things that I think defines me as a person, uh, in a, in a very deep way. And that's the answer is I've written an ebook and and I've been at this for six years now. Um, and even before that I was doing, um, I did like a e-commerce startup, uh, with some friends selling headlights and, you know, I've, I've experimented for my whole life. And so what it looks like now is it was just kind of one thing at a time and just sort of evolving and letting it go. Break the Twitch started as a blog. Um, you know, you can do some things. I've always been very careful about affiliate links because I'm not, you know, especially early on, it's, it's about intentionality through purchasing was the, the thing. So it's really, I think, important to, as you're going, uh, explore the things that feel good to you. It, it was four years before I did a sponsored video and I'm just now doing them and it's with Skillshare only because I believe in learning, I believe in growth, and it's really the first time a sponsor has been felt good to me, being like, this aligns with what I believe in, I believe they're offering a very valuable service, and so it aligns. Well, I can do this without any um, uh, issue at all. The, the interesting thing about that is I also realized that for quite some time, I was avoiding that because of these weird kind of moral boundaries that I was creating that were actually hurting me, um, that were making it difficult for me to do this full time. And really, uh, I sort of was protecting myself from having to be bigger, if that makes sense. And, and so what this looked like was started the blog, found, you know, like an affiliate relationship that was good, started making YouTube videos, ran some ads on those. And that's just kind of part of YouTube, unfortunately, just having the ads on there. Um, but wrote the book in 2017 and just sell that as an ebook. And that's just a little bit every month. And then did an audio version of that book that I recorded myself with, which, you know, judging based on your, uh, audio quality and voice, you'd kill it doing that, like, you, <laughs> you know, do that kind of thing. Um, and, and that just, it just evolved and here and there little things add up and then speaking opportunities come up and those can be paid and over time. And then the, uh, podcast and the community and now turning that community into, uh, the primary thing, like, this is really, that's really what I want to do. So like you said, a thousand, like that would be at a thousand people in that community, I'd probably just turn it off. Like I just wouldn't even go beyond that because, um, it would be, that would be where, you know, that could be the full thing. And we're, you know, a lot of things are coming in. I'd like to write another book. I'd love to do a documentary at some point around this stuff, uh, from the perspectives that we're talking about and sharing here. But, um, but, uh, I'd love to chat. I mean, we can chat anytime too, specifically about like strategy and things. Cause I can just, I feel your energy with this and you're starting at such a good time that, uh, it's really just, uh, Ritaja. it's, it's just keep trying things yeah. and explore and it will, it will work. It's I mean, just a matter of matter of when. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit what I'm trying to do right now. I mean, just to give you a quick overview, I've made a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh, I'm trying to get back into them, but I've got some other projects coming up. I've um, made my podcast. I'm trying out 3D animation. Um, mm. I've got this other strange idea with a friend about like this t-shirt thing. I've got a whole lot of things that I, I just want to do. I, I do want to make a documentary one day. I've got all these ideas that like I just want to try do, you know, and I've not really got a, a set time frame of when I want to achieve them by. Um, and Every single day I learn something new. Every single day I, I, I learn a lesson that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't done one of them things, which just makes it so value to me, valuable to me and makes me feel like the failures that I'm having 
um, that are very minute at this point, you know, they're not really failures. Like, I'm, I'm reading a book called, um, what's it called? Um, Think and Grow Rich. That's the one. Um, I'm sure you've read it. I'm sure you've Classic. read it. Classic. Yeah. Um, and it, it has this an- analogy of these people going and digging for gold. And then they keep on digging and they keep on digging and they keep on digging. And one day they just stop stop digging because they're like, well, we're not finding any gold. They leave. The next person comes. They do like a few, a couple of digs and boom, massive gold mine. They make all the money. And it's kind of made me think that no matter how bad things might seem sometimes, no matter how low my views might get or how rubbish I feel when I can't do a certain thing, I'm just like, well, I'll I'll get closer to where I want to be. And, you know, I'm developing my craft uh, more and more every day. And and that's what that's what matters, I guess. Yeah, that's 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 literally it. And I would uh, append the the analogy of the gold mine with as you're digging. Raising curiosities about is this pickaxe the the best thing I can be using to to do this Um, like what would what would happen if i tried using two at the same time what would happen if i tried using a different type a different style what if the end had two points instead of one by adapting in that way as well uh along with the continued approach a hundred percent and what i'll say is from what your your ambitions it it sounds like uh you are similar to me in that you are maybe a multi-potentialite someone that has a lot of passions and interests and curiosity that that can lead you and in a big way i would say one let that gut instinct and that curiosity l- trust that to to uh let it take you from one thing to the next and see what feels good and works and what gets a response but also um at the same time l- learn to if you can uh, learn to recognize when something gets cut short because of like the twitch or the thing that sort of draws us away to something else Hmm. so because that was something that happened for me early in life like i got into bitcoin very early and i got into like other weird things just because i let my curiosity lead i tried you know selling headlights online with friends like really random stuff and all of those things like you said every single one of those things has has um added many of them fail failures in the traditional sense uh but all of them have added to my collective intuition and and allowed me to just like feel and understand more about how everything works together you'll notice that i like kept drawing comparisons to like this thing over here or religion but it's also kind of like this and that and and i think that is just what comes with time and, and repetition and the one thing, uh, unsolicited advice, if I may, is, is simply that um, don't allow all of those things that you want to do to happen at the same time, uh, because it's very easy to feel like we need to be capitalizing. I've got all these ideas and, and things are going and I want to do them all. And and um, Seth Godin is great for this uh, in his book, The Practice, and the, the podcast episodes he does talks a lot about how a lot of the time you know we need to just be in something for long enough to figure out that route you know you don't want to dig in one part of the tunnel going back to that analogy for a little bit and then go uh, and then uh, and then you go over here and start again and you're sort of starting that process over and over but it doesn't mean you only have to do one thing it doesn't mean you only have to be one thing it's just uh allow that flow to be a little uncomfortable and and uh, explore it, and then see where it takes you. See, this is this is the challenge, really, that I'm I'm facing. Um, being able to balance all of these things at once in a way that kind of makes sense, and feeling satisfied that I'm doing enough on each of them to the point where I'm like, yeah, you know what, we're we're still doing this. I I always see online the idea of you know finding a niche, and it seems really boring to me to just find one niche like there'll be Mm -hmm. some there'll be some creators that have like this one niche and all they do is i'm I'm basically just quoting donald glover here from an interview that he did but they just find this one one niche these these one group of people and they make content for them people and that's it and 
that just seems boring to me. Like, having just one thing that you're known for, one thing that you do, and that's it. I, that's part of the reason why I don't want to be something like a doctor, or a lawyer, or you know, like a traditional job, because I feel like, well, now you're just that. Yep, you're the doc, you're Anthony the doctor now. Hi, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dr. Anthony. Like, that seems so, the label seems so restrictive. And so that's kind of why I want to do multiple things at once. But then at the same time, it's difficult to focus on something enough with that curiosity that I have. And it's difficult to kind of uh, know, hmm, know when to stop as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm very early on, but I, I have no idea like what it's like to kind of feel uh, whether you should stop something or not. I know that, you know, you had your podcast that you haven't done for a long time now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think you might be able to give some better advice here. But how do you kind of know when it's uh, time not to not to give up, but to kind of close a project down, like like the head selling the headlights with your friends, for example? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> well, that's a so 100%. First, I want to say, like, you're a multi-potentialite. And, and I love that you brought it full circle because I was about to do the same thing back to the labels. Uh, humans, we, we want to put things in. We just need to understand. What are you, a doctor? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you gig and play saxophone on the weekends, like at nightclubs too? You know, like you don't, ex I love that one of the things that the, the biggest things that we can do as people is break open our expectation of what we place on other people and allow people to surprise us because yeah. they will, they will always like, there's so many fascinating things you find out about people when you let them not just be a doctor or, you know, assume, you know, you see all these things. It's like this, um, man, you know, you see like someone who is like a stripper or an adult entertain entertainer having this incredibly intellectual conversation on a podcast. And, and it's like, why is that surprising? It, it, these things should not be so <laughs> surprising to us that this yeah. person is not one dimensional. And, and so, you know, it, that's a huge opportunity around knowing when to, to stop. I really struggled with this earlier in it, like in my early twenties, I've done so, I've done so many things. We don't have time to go through the different jobs I've had, like the interests I've pursued, um, everything from chess, Python, programming, even in the last couple of years, you know, uh, like music, I'm a musician, you know, I, I, I do so many different things, but truly what I've learned is, is that one, the times that I would quit things, uh, where it was not productive was out of a feeling, a sinking feeling of, I'm not good at this. Uh, I think a lot of my early life relied on the feeling of being good at learning things quickly and, and feeling like I had, you know, I could pick up things. I still do, a, you know, a new thing intuitively. I can generally figure out software quickly. I can pick up, I can figure out how to put something together without really looking at the instructions, but beyond a certain complexity, you need to look at the instructions and it's not going to feel good. And that's like an ego thing. That's like a deep down here thing. And so for me, the, the times that I needed to learn to push through were when I'd be doing something, filming my first interview and it's not going well. And I start getting that sinking. It's it for me. It's in my chest. It's like a shame, like a sinking feeling. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, I'm not good at this anymore, but it's only because you've reached a certain level of competency that now you're actually going to have to work more at it to, to, proceed further. And so if it's that feeling, if you are doing something and exploring a new thing and you've done it for a little bit, a month or two, a couple months, and you're getting to a level of proficiency that feels that you've been moving along to, but then all of a sudden it's like, Ugh, I'm there right now with chess, by the way. So, so I'm at the point where I now need to work very hard to memorize patterns and, and movements openings and, and yeah. end games and openings in order to get any better than I'm, I am. I can no longer just keep playing and learn some moves. Right. And so that's the feeling to be very aware of is that if it feels like this, uh, this sinking moment and all of a sudden something else becomes very exciting and appealing over here, that's a sign. And that took me 15 years to learn. 
a long time to learn. So that's the sign to look out for when you're probably quitting too early. But on the flip side, I think it's perfectly fine to, to, to quit things, to, to move on to something else if it's not panning out as you expected, but there's a bit of uh, groundedness that's needed and some, some, again, awareness, right? Attention to what's the feeling that I'm having around this right now? And is this because I'm, I'm up against something that's new and different? Or is it because, uh, is it because our brains are brilliantly tricky and we'll come up with the funniest thing you've ever thought of to tweet right when you're sitting down to, to start writing a blog post that you've been avoiding. But the moment you're there, all of a sudden you think of something hilarious, right? And you're like, Oh, I got to You got to go do it now. It's either that, or it's like some household task that needs to get done all of a sudden. Oh, th that's right. The laundry, our brains are incredible at keeping us safe from danger whether that danger be a new experience or something we're not comfortable with or the danger of uh, pouring our heart onto the page. And so we have to be more and more aware. And this is the entire basis of Break the Twitch. So it's wonderful that we're coming back to this idea, but this idea that we need to own, understand and love our attention so that we can go up. Uh, no, 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 I'm not going to tweet that. I'm going to just write it down and then I'm going to stay right here and sit in this discomfort and then just let it, okay, let it go. So that's a broad answer to your specific question, but I hope that that yeah. zones in a bit that, too. That has actually really helped. I'm really glad that you mentioned uh, that first part, especially because that's how we, I was feeling a little bit with making YouTube videos. Um, I was about a third way through making this one video uh, about Donald Glover. You know, I, lo I love a lot of the stuff that he does and he's like a really good role model because he does so much stuff and he's so successful at all of it. And the, uh, the idea behind the video is why is Donald Glover so successful? And you know, I was making it and then I was like going through the, the script and the voiceover and the clips and I was just like, is this really that good? Am, am, I, am I good enough to do this? Are people gonna agree with what I'm saying? Blah, 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 blah. And now that you've mentioned what you have, I think that that feeling that you're describing is exactly what I was going through just there. So I'll try and do my best to, to push through that and um, make sure I finish that, that video. Um, and then when it comes to that, uh, the attention thing that you mentioned, I, I think, I think we can all relate, relate to that. You know, you get to this point where you've put something off for so long and then you just think, you know what, right, we're going to do it now. And then boom, all these ideas start pinging around and it, it takes so much to just be like, no, I'm going to do this now. It's a, uh, it's discipline, I guess it's discipline. And that's, uh, well, I think, I think you put it perfectly. I think you did a Ted talk, didn't you? It's, um, something, is it increased friction or what is it? Something yeah. about friction. intentional, intentional, intentional friction. friction. Yeah. yeah. It's not just discipline. I think discipline is, is a great thing that, that is to be built alongside this, but we need help. Yeah. Especially in our modern age, our, 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 what we're dealing with, we have every bit of information. We have every ability to connect with people all over the world. It's endless. And, and so we need help. And, and so, yes, absolutely. One of the strategies is, uh, grounding ourselves right before that process, trying to go into a place where we're feeling safe, right? Like where we can put ourselves on the line a little bit and, and do that thing that feels vulnerable. Uploading a video feels vulnerable. And, and it's, you're, like you said, you're putting your opinion out there. And the, the cool thing is, is it doesn't matter if people agree or not. In fact, it's better if people don't because that drives engagement on YouTube. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. And I was always afraid of that. I always didn't want to offend anyone. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to turn someone off to the work I was doing because I feel it's very important. But at the end of the day, what matters is that it's your opinion. And a lot of the time what's going to happen is while well, I'm watching, when I'm watching this video, when it, whenever it comes out, like I care that it's your opinion and that's why I'm watching it. So it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. I want to know what you think. And, and I love Tunnel Glover as well. Like, um, Jamie Foxx and, and, you know, so many of these true multi-potentialite creators that, that are doing so in different spaces. Um, and I'd love to know how you think that they are successful in that way. Cause I think it really takes something, um, 
takes a lot to to make it work without necessarily having one topic that you just kind of keep mm-hmm. and that's what you get known for but that's the best way to get famous is like oh you're the minimalism guy yeah that's what i used to get right like oh you're the minimalism guy like mm, yeah eh, sort of <laughs> you know but you just go okay yeah sure mm. and um so so yeah that that um <laughs> i've kind of even lost track of the initial part of this but yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah okay well um before we kind of wrap this up because i think we've gone a little bit over time uh, i i'd like to ask all of my guests um a series of questions so that i can kind of one day i'm going to make a compilation of them all and see what people's answers are to all these questions um so the first one is what do you think it is that sets you apart from anyone else hmm wow was not expecting that uh I believe that that it's <laughs> I believe that my approach to this work is more approachable than than most and and I'm really coming at it from an angle that is that is uh not here's the solution and and here's what works and you should do this but uh more of a an approachable thing that's like something that anyone can get into and think about themselves and hopefully benefit from uh what would be some advice for your younger self hmm it would be the thing that i just told you um about when you get that sinking feeling that that doesn't mean it's over that uh that it that just means that you're stepping into a zone of discomfort, which is actually where your best growth and your best work happens. So uh, if you're doing something for the first time, you're always going to be living in that place. And when you're doing creative work, that's where you, you, you got to get used to that. And so learning to get comfortable with that, that feeling and push through it, then it, it subsides, you know, the more you, you go there and you go, wait, like, I'm okay. This is just part of the process. And then it gets easier and easier to do with each new thing you try or do. So, um, it's never easy, but it does become part of the process. I think. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll bear that one in mind. That's one that I'll definitely, uh, keep hold of. The other question would be, do you have any regrets? I have been cultivating a belief that I am exactly where I need to be. And I think it's easy to say, I wish that I had been able to give that advice to my younger self, but at the same time, I don't think I would have been in a position to hear it and embrace it. I'm only here now because of dropping out of things or trying this and trying that. and. I think I've gained a lot of experience and, and valuable things through the things that have not gone well in my life. And, and so, uh, I will say broadly, no, uh, I, I don't have any regrets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't know where you'd be without them past experiences do you. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it's impossible to know, you know, and would I roll the dice right now and to get a random, uh, to get a random genetic start over and a totally different situation i don't think so no so <laughs> so so here we are it's hard to say that i regret anything if that's the case you know yeah um you've obviously had a lot of success you know you've you've built uh, an incredible community it seems you've shared your content all over the internet lots of views and subscribers and all them things that i don't know if they really matter or not but you have had success let, let's say that um how much of that success uh, do you think is down to your hard work and how much of that success is down to chance? <laughs> I have been in a place where before 2020, I felt that most of the things that have happened that are good for me in my life have come down to chance and luck. And I am learning to embrace the fact that, you know, both now my wife and I have been working on this for years 
And I personally, you know, when I started in 2014 and, you know, I've been working on this literally, you could say since I was 14, 15, 16 years old and, and starting down this path of questioning these things. So I do believe that I can embrace the fact that there's a lot of hard work that has created this, uh, but I do feel very lucky as well. If you had to try and put a number on it, which, what would you kind of say? <laughs> Uh, the cop-out answer would be 50-50, I think. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but, the, that's the most common one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, at the same time, I know that I put myself out there. Like, I uploaded the videos. Um, I did, did, you know, wouldn't be here if I hadn't done those things and met the people that I've met and had the help that I've gotten and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But um, so... Yeah, it's it's uh it's hard for me to say. I'm, yeah. I'm like in a in a weird yeah probably fifty fifty. Bit of both. Yeah. Uh, the final question would be if you had everybody in the podcast, everybody in the podcast, everybody in the world listening to this podcast, um, what would be your message to them? Everyone deserves self compassion, whether you think you do or not. And. It will not make you lazy. Probably that. And follow me at breakthetwitch.com. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Anthony, uh, thank you very much for coming on this episode. You know, you've just mentioned it there, but if people want to find more of your stuff, where can they, uh, where can they go? The best place for everything is breakthetwitch.com. Uh, I'm not really using social media much right now, but there's at break the twitch on instagram if i do eventually start posting there and uh at break the twitch on youtube is the channel but yeah everything is is at break and in fact i have right on the front page a uh, 40 minute like audio lesson with 11 different like little mini tips and things around owning your attention which is the the whole broad work i do so that's free if if anyone's interested in that it's right on the front page Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Likewise, it's been a pleasure and, and I'm, I'm uh, thrilled that we've been able to have the conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Bit Between um, with Anthony Ongaro. Make sure you go check him out at Break the Twitch. If you want to find more podcasts, just go ahead and search The Bit Between wherever you get your podcasts. You know, maybe smash that subscribe button, maybe hit a like leave a comment you know all that incredible stuff and actually whilst you're here just quickly follow me on social media at the sab dog on all social medias that's at t-h-e-s-a-b-d-o-g big thank you to anthony for coming on this episode of the podcast and uh, a big thank you to you guys for listening along you know it's not not that many of you make it to the end um so i really appreciate if you do and it means a lot that you're actually you know getting something out of my content so yeah i really appreciate you you're a, you're a true fan, so thank you very much. I'll see you in the next episode of The Bit Between.